What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 4, with a spotlight on York College. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. Uh, doing this helps our podcast grow, and we appreciate the help from our listeners. We would also like to take the time um, to thank our members. Um, without these great members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at YCDC. Um, so I'd like to thank members uh, such as uh, York Cold Storage, uh, members such as Cornerstone Bank, MPPD, Ayers Construction, um, all those are great members of ours um, that have been able to help support us and help us do what we do. So if you're interested in any other members, check out our members page um, at yorkdevco.com. That's uh, yorkdevco.com. Um, so let's get to our interview. Our guest today comes from the second largest city in Southwest United States. Um, this person packed up their car at age 20 and headed to York in search of something uh, better and different. Um, seven years later, um, she finds herself in her third year as the women's basketball coach and inc helping encourage her young women achieve their dreams. Um, Karina Latore was born in El Paso, Texas, uh, but now calls York um, and its bypass home. Uh, so welcome to the podcast today, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited to have you today. But uh, first thing we have here is a fun little question to kind of loosen people up um, and kind of get people talking. Um, so imagine you are walking or jogging through Beaver Creek trails here in town um, and you stumble upon a time machine. Um, and on that time machine, there's a little note that says um, there's only enough energy in this thing um, to run for one trip somewhere and then a return trip back. Um, where and when would you go? It's, it's a tough question because I have a couple but it's either to go see Jordan play, but I, you know, I scratched that from the list, but I think it'd be going back when I was 13. Um, in the summer, we would, when all my siblings and my cousins, when we turned 13, we were eight, we were able to go with my grandma to Long Beach, California and spend a month with her. And we did everything. We went to Disneyland a lot. Uh, my uncle works there. We went to the beach a lot. We just, just got to spend time with my grandma and I, I had lost her at the beginning of August or mid August this year. So just kind of remembering those times and it, you know, it's just be good to be there, just experience again, not do anything over necessarily just, just to be in that moment again. Cause it's, it was fun memories. What was there like a type of restaurant or was there a meal grandma always fixed that you always kind of enjoyed? You know, she always made me always made me these protein smoothies in the morning because she would always say you know I need to I need to gain weight I need she's oh she was always cooking but those protein smoothies I'll never ever forget them it was every single morning so like a, like a good grandma cooking enough food to yes. make you overeat over and yes. over again that's awesome awesome so um bring it back um talk to me a little bit about um, kind of where it began there in El Paso and everything where you grew up there. So talk to me a bit and, and what it was like um, growing up in such a large, large city. Yeah. So El Paso, I'm very, I'm very proud to talk about where I'm from. And um, that's just part of who we are in El Paso. 
Um, I come from um, the lower valley, so there's, you know, different sections in the big city, but come from the lower valley, um, very rich culture, uh, mainly Hispanic population, main, mainly Mexican-Americans. Um, so it was really fun being there. I, I enjoyed it. I had a good group of friends that, you know, I still talk to some of them till this day. It was a nice environment. I lived right across the street from my high school. So that was always fun, just having to walk to school down the street from my elementary. Um, it's a big city, but at the same time, as you get older, you do start to know people who know people. So it's, it, it started to seem very small as well. Um, like I said, I'm very proud of where I come from and that's just who we are back in El Paso. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a good time growing up there. I, I love the city. I love my home. Um, I do everything I can to make sure I give back and stay in touch with people back home as well. How big was your school then? Like um, coming from such a large community like that, were you in like a large public school or did you like were in a small Christian school or what was that like? No, I was, I was in a public school. I've been public school all my life. I it was, I don't know what the equivalent would be here in Nebraska, but it was a 4A, it's 5A now, but it's a, it was a 4A high school. So How about, big was your graduating class? Um, 311. Okay. Very specific. I was the student council <laughs> president. So that's the only reason I know this specific hey. number. <laughs> that's awesome. But, but yeah, so it was, it's 300, but it, it, it didn't seem that big again, because being involved in a lot of different sports and having good relationships with teachers and coaches it didn't it didn't seem that small um well it didn't seem that big sorry <laughs> but yeah I always went to a public school for sure for sure um so where did the love of basketball come from uh, was that at a young age or did you uh, find it later on yeah it started at a very young age um I want to say around third grade fourth grade the elementary school I went to they had a basketball program and I believe it's because of um, this guy, Willie Cager, if everybody's ever seen Glory Road, um, one of those players from, from that movie, one of those players, he stayed in El Paso and he kind of built basketball for kids in different areas. So we had a basketball program at our elementary school that we were able to compete with other schools. And my friends played and I wanted to play with my friends and hang out with my friends. And I loved it, but it was my first coach that I had that really instilled a a level of competition that I didn't know was possible. I mean, with my family, we were not big, they're not big on athletics, you know, so I was just experiencing something new for the first time with friends and she, she instilled a sense of competition, what it means to work hard, uh, what self-discipline looks like, which, you know, everything in it. And I got that from basketball practices. I got that from hanging out with my friends. So the fact that I got to play a game at the same time was just a bonus for me. So over time, it started to grow and manifest into, I have a real passion for this and basketball can do things like, you know, if I'm, if I'm stressed out, if I'm hurting, if I'm frustrated, or if I'm just really happy, basketball was something I turned to. And, you know, my coaches were a big reason as to why I, you know, I kept with the game. My friends that I made in with basketball was a huge reason as to why I loved I also love the game for just what it uh, what it is. 
Were there any other sports that you played or were you primarily basketball or did you play soccer or anything like that? I cannot play soccer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bat. I can't can't kick the ball and run at the same time. But I did, um, you know, in middle school, everybody always does everything. So that, I mean, that kind of counts. But Mm -hmm. in high school, I played volleyball and I ran track as well. So those are my three sports. And I I love basketball. It's always been my first passion, my first love um, of the games. And with volleyball, I have a real passion for it. I love it. I love the, like it, the competitiveness, the teammates I had, the coaches I had within it. So volleyball and track are the other two sports that I competed in. For sure. And I think, you know, being a well-rounded kind of athlete is a, always a goal kind of when for, you know, I don't know about you as a coach, but usually that's what I hear is what you yeah. look for as a recruiter is, you know, that they're, an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can bring a lot to the table. You learn a lot, probably, I guess, probably in volleyball. I mean, going up yeah. and hitting a set is kind of like a rebound. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way you move in the backcourt, like sliding your feet, having a quicker reaction to things it's in track, how to, you know, make sure you don't take false steps. So explosiveness. So it's all things that athletes, you know, especially when I'm doing my recruiting, I'm looking at an athlete perspective as well, not just basketball player. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Those, those tend to be good. So what was your high school kind of like career kind of like? Were, were you a starter as a freshman or did you have to find yourself um, as a starter later on um, in your career? I actually, I'll, I'll never forget always having, I have great relationships with my coaches still, um, but I was a freshman and I was on varsity and I, I started since I was a freshman, but right before I was about to be on varsity, I was told, you know, hey, you know, you're good, but we're going to see you on JV because there are some other girls that are ahead of you. So I, I took that personally and I worked even harder and I made sure that I was on varsity as a freshman and I was a starter for my entire career. Um, my time at, at Riverside, I, I was always known for scoring. I was always known for getting steals. Um, so my job was, my job was to score to basketball. My job was to get the steals. My, that's just my job. So I had, I had a really good time um, career-wise. Uh, we won a lot. We did a lot of really good things. Um, again, the friends and the coaches was huge. And the same with volleyball. I was a really big competitor. I was a, I was a big part of the team. And, you know, we started – we kept up tradi- traditions we had within that school. Right. And then you also mentioned that you were student council – like president? Was there any other like uh, (laughs) things that you did? And how did that come to be? Like, uh, how did you become student council president? That's a pretty big thing in a large school, I guess. My coaches were the, our class sponsor. And I remember being a senior with my, my friend. um, And I, we were just talking, we're like, you know what, we want to do some big things for our senior year. Let's, let's run, I'll run for president, you can run for vice president, and we'll do some fun things. So that's how that came about. And I was voted and we had a good time with it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So um, did you know you wanted to play basketball in college um, or did you um, think that, you know, you were kind of done? No, I, I'm one of those people that figured it out at a younger age of this is what I want to do. And I'm going to work towards that. When I was in sixth grade, I wrote a paper about being a WNBA player. My teacher kind of, you know, gave me a little bit of reality of, you know what, you're probably not going to make it. So maybe something else. And I didn't take it personally. I was like, okay, I can, 
understand these things and what that means. But so I was like, okay, well, I want to stick with basketball. So I guess I can be a coach and I can still be a part of it. And I know in order to do that, I need to go to college and what that looked like. And I, then I learned that you can get a scholarship for it. You know, basketball can help you pay for school. So I'm like, oh, well, definitely I want to keep playing. So that was always my plan. Go to college, go play basketball somewhere, help them pay for my school. And let me go be a teacher and a coach. So I I knew what I, I had a really good plan for my plan of what I wanted to accomplish. Right, right. Um, So how did you choose the junior college that you ended up um, attending? Like, uh, was, was that the, did you have an offer there? or Did you have a really good relationship through like AAU or how did you kind of end up there? You know, my recruiting process it, process was, it's just fun to look back at now, especially being a coach who recruits because I did, I, I kind of didn't know what I was doing at times. I, like I said, my family is not a family of athletes. So, you know, just trying to figure it out, figure it out as I go. I talked to my coach a lot, my head coach, and I was telling her I was kind of smaller in stature and I didn't, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where I knew that my school would all be paid for. You know, we didn't have much growing up. I didn't have much money. So I wanted to make sure school was paid for. I didn't have to worry about my family. You know, nobody had to worry about anything. I needed to get that done. So the JUCO I ended up going to, it was kind of a, I had different offers. I had different decisions and I thought JUCO route would have been the best route for me. And it ended up being true. So that's kind of decision I made I didn't I didn't visit I didn't was just like you know what this coach seems like a great guy all right I'll do it so I that's how I ended up choosing that particular JUCO I eventually want to talk about your time there at JUCO but did you know that you like that you wanted to play like two years there at junior college and then you knew you wanted to play somewhere else um or did you um just think, let me get through junior college and then I'll figure out where I want to go. Or did you have an ending place in mind? I, I didn't have an end place in mind. I just knew that I wanted to play basketball in college and I wanted to get my degree. So I needed to get my degree and basketball was going to help me. So in the, in those two years of at my JUCO, I know if I start something, I need to finish it. And then I knew that recruiting process was going to start all over again after that sophomore year. Um, now if, you're, now, if there's things I can go back and maybe make different decisions, maybe. But, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to keep playing and continue playing. And my time at my JUCO was – it was good. It was bad. There was a lot of ups. There was a lot of downs. But there was a lot of things I learned as a person. Sometimes I didn't always make the best decisions off the court. And that just is – it happens sometimes. You make mistakes. You mess up. But – it's always about, okay, this happened. How do you get through it? What's the next step? How do you improve? How do you become a better person? What decisions do you make, meaning need to make to be better? And then on the court, you know, we competed. We played in a really, really tough conference. I played against some, I mean, amazing, amazing athletes. Uh, they, a lot of them went division one right after. So it was, it was a good time overall. Um, not a period of my life I want to live again, but, you know, definitely, definitely worth everything um, being in this chair I am today. For sure. I mean, it, as long as we are all trying to end up in a better place, I think that's the ultimate goal. As yeah, long as we can yeah. be aware that um, we need to be building towards something better 
um, and working towards something else. Um, that that's all that matters. It, it can take some of us longer to find that place. Uh, some of us find it quicker than others. Um, but as long as we, we, we are trying to get there, that's kind of the goal. Um, so that, that's great. So how did your college um, end up on your radar then? Um, was it just by happenstance or did you? Um... It, it just happened. I like I when I was in high school, I remember getting offered from a cook college and I told myself I'm never going to Nebraska. It's too cold out there. I don't I'm from El Paso, Texas. We're called the Sun City. Like, no, it's it's cold out there. I don't I don't want to do that. And then, you know, here I am. But mm-hmm. um, I they were just a school that never stopped talking to me. I actually had another school lined up, a division two down in New Mexico. I was set, I was ready to go and those plans fell through and York College was a school that had seen me at a um, tournament out in Frisco, Texas and the head coach and the assistant saw me and they just kept talking to me, kept talking to me. I really didn't tell them no, I just wasn't really entertaining them. I was like, I don't, yeah, Nebraska's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then, you know, my plans fell through and two weeks before school, I remember the coach texting me, the assistant coach texting me one more time. And it was like, Hey, you know, what's your decision? I was like, you know what, if you got money, I'll come play for y'all. I didn't ask a million questions about the school. I didn't, I didn't, I've never stepped foot in Nebraska. I've never really been in the Midwest, really more North of Oklahoma. And I took a chance and I was like, all right, let me do this. Here we go. Nebraska, here I come. I didn't know what NAI was. I didn't know anything, but these people were kept talking to me. I was like, all right, well, let's do it. That's, um, yeah, quite the, quite the journey. I mean, <laughs> especially to end up in, in Nebraska, as you mentioned, you got an offer from McCook early on, mm-hmm. earlier on in your career and never, you said never going to come here. And that's crazy how it, you know, um, you think you have a plan, but your plan never really works out um, and things like that. So that, that's kind of cool. Um, and now to talk about uh, your college coming here, sight unseen, um, mm-hmm. never, never step foot or known anything, don't know anything. What was that like um, becoming a York College student and having chapel all of a sudden and um, everything else that comes with in the York College experience? My goodness. Um, well, I, re- I, and you know, as Honestly, I remember being here for about a week or two and, you know, it's on me also. I didn't ask these questions about the school. So, and it's not like I did, I gave the opportunity for the coach to talk to me. So um, I remember the first two weeks being like, what on earth is this place? All these people say hi all the time. I'm not used to so nice. I know. (laughs) I'm not used to people waving at me in cars. Like, are they, you know, are they angry? Like, I don't, I don't know them. They don't know me. Mm -hmm. Being in chapel, I'm I I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't have a faith base at all. And being kind of thrown into it, I was kind of shocked and you know, to the point where I I truly didn't know how to look up verses in the Bible. And I remember having that conversation with my professor about what do all these numbers mean? I have no idea what this is, but it, it took me some time to, 
you know, kind of reflect and be like, okay, I made this decision. You know, let me, let me see what this is about. Obviously I'm here for a purpose. There's, there's something more has to be, or else I wouldn't be here right now. And it took me a little bit and, you know, then I'm also like, oh, well, I'm here to play basketball only. So that's all I'm going to put my focus in. And I learned really fast that that's not what we're about here. We're not just about playing a sport. We're, we're a lot more than that. So it took me some time to adjust and just kind of open, just be really open to new possibilities, new, you know, different people from me and what I grew up in and just kind of, again, just taking that chance, being willing to want to experience something different, learning from it. And again, just how can I do more? How can I be more? Definitely. So I would imagine that there was probably a moment or a handful of moments where, you know, because I would imagine you might have been a little resistant to um, YC and some things at, at, at the time because of how different it was yeah. um, and not what you were familiar with. Um, but it was a good difference, obviously. Yeah. Um, what were those, were there, what were those maybe handful of moments or maybe what were those people maybe that really connected with you um, that made your college not make sense, but, you know, you came to understand, um, you know, understand it more. It was sometimes it was my head coach and my assistant coach. Um, My head coach, he did a, I mean, he's a really good godly man. He would make sure that before every practice, he would, talk about something that was on his heart or bring up a story sometimes from the Bible sometimes not but something that related always always drove back to who God is and what we're about here and at the time again I'm like okay I just want to go to practice I don't don't know (laughs) or then so there was moments like that was just coach just being his authentic self and my assistant coach being very honest with me as well like hey you know what how do, you, how do you need help? What, what can we do type thing? Um, then it was um, one of my professors that was truly like genuine with trying to get to know me for who I am and not just another student, but somebody who I sat in his class. So I mattered. And he asked me questions, you know, where are you from? Um, how was that like? What were those experiences? How's your adjustment here? So in those little tiny conversations I had, it for me it's it's about little things and but it always spiraled into something bigger and something more. And sometimes getting critical questions that made me really think about, okay, what do I want to do? What does this look like? Where, you know, my feet are here right now, so I have to enjoy and just kind of take in these surroundings. So how, you know, just always adapting. What what can I do? What can I understand from this? Um, then it was also my some of my teammates just kind of pouring into me of who, you know, who they are as people. I mean, I had I had really good teammates who were just good people. So, you know, obviously looking to them and respecting them and wanting to understand like, okay, how did you survive in a sense here like you know we're very similar and or we're we're very different like what what can I learn from you Mm -hmm. um so just those little conversations that happen on a day-to-day basis and um me self-reflecting constantly of okay well what does this mean how can I how can I be better what you know 
what does this look like? And so that one professor, definitely my coaches, and then just my teammates always, always challenging me in ways that sometimes they didn't even know they were. That made me start to adapt a little quicker to your college. So you're in years one and two here, years three and four of your basketball career and college career. Mm -hmm. Um, When did you start to pick up an interest in coaching? Like when did that start to come up more on your radar as I kind of think I want to do this maybe long-term or Mm -hmm. what, what did that kind of look like? Yeah, my, well, my initial plans were to, again, get my degree, go back home to El Paso, teach and coach and get girls to college. And my coach, um, I stayed here once I, once I came up here in 2013, I stayed here. I didn't go home for summer. I was invested in, you know, you know, focusing on my passion, focusing on what I need to get done, sacrificing, you know, some family time. And I, would see when new players would come in that recruiting process. And I never, like I said, I never came to visit campus. So I was always curious, like, you know, coach, do you need help with anything? Like, can I talk to the players and let them know about the team? So maybe, you know, they can get my perspective and, you know, how, how else can I help? What players do we have coming in? So it was a genuine interest of, I want to be a better team. I want, you know, I coach, what do you need me to do on this side? Like I I can always do something to help. So seeing that of like that recruiting process firsthand and then just straight asking my coach one day of, hey, you know what? I want to coach when I'm done. I have a fifth year anyways. So can I coach? And he said, yeah. So I was like, okay, (laughs) great. What do I need to do? And he said, show up to my office tomorrow. And towards the end of my senior year, I you know, once basketball was over, I'd show up to his office and he would, he he allowed me to jump right into recruiting and, you know, what does it look like to plan practices? What does, what does this look like? What does that look like with players, game management, things like that. So I just had that genuine interest from seeing players in that recruiting process. And then I, again, just kind of dove into it of, all right, I like it. So let's try it out. Let's do it you got a lot of valuable um, time, um, you know, kind of mentoring with a coach um, when a lot of people kind of sometimes um, may not get that opportunity um, at at such an age. Um, What were some things that you really took away from maybe his philosophy that you have implemented into yours? And then um, maybe what were some things that, um, that you maybe changed a little bit? Definitely. I, Well, the number one thing I took was about how much you have to invest in your players and how much you just have to invest in people. And again, that's true to who we are at York. And we aren't, people are, you know, we try to be people who aren't just, you know, this, you're going to have a different experience here. It's not, you're not just going to be somebody in a chair. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all these coaches can attest to it. Also, if you play for anybody at York, you're not just another person in a jersey. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you know that by the end of the, your time here. So definitely that making sure that you play, you invest in your players. And sometimes it looks different. Sometimes you just want to yell at them and tell them to get on the baseline and, you know, <laughs> run and do better, which is good. That's that's a great thing. I do it all the time. 
So, um, but you also have to make sure that, you know, when somebody does mess up, how do you approach that in a different way? How do you show love to someone, even when you're mad at them? What does that look like? So I, I took that and kind of really spun with it because again, my coaches in my life, the exact same way. They're mentors in my life. There's some, they're people I look up to growing up and, and thankfully for me, I always had women also that were very, very strong women. And, you know, they let me know things of this is how things are done. So seeing it from at, in my early years of coaching or my early years of, you know, that transition from bass, from playing to being a coach right away, um, I took that and tried to understand, okay, well, this is how I had coaching. This is how I'm experiencing it now from an assistant point of view. How do I blend that together? Another big part of what I learned is, you know, I, I, was, a, I was a coach when I was a student still. So I had to learn how to sacrifice some things. And if I really, if I truly wanted to do this coaching, there's some choices I had to, had to make. Sometimes they were hard, um, but you know, I need to sacrifice for things I really wanted to do. So again, just learning those little techniques and then letting it manifest into something bigger down the line. And then some other things I just wanted to change is um, just my, my perspective of what discipline looks like sometimes. Again, I have always had from my first coach teaching us what discipline is and that writing throughout my entire, you know, career is truly important for kids to understand and not just me necessarily disciplining them about, okay, we need to run or this and that, but teaching them how to have self-discipline because that's very important moving forward. Even, even after you're done playing, you have to have that self-discipline in your, in your workplace, if in your, you know, in your life, you have to have that self-discipline. So those are some things I wanted to tweak and wanted to change. Um, when I started coaching from his philosophy, it's a little different. Yeah. Accountability, responsibility. Those are two very huge things that um, any program, you know, if you want to try to emphasize, you know, um, I help coach the York like bowling program here in town. Nice. And those are two things that the very two first things that I wanted to implement was accountability and responsibility. Yeah. Um, I just felt that those are two things that'll help you both at bowling and in life. Yeah. And so Definitely. the more I could, the more I could implement those types of things. Um, I, I felt it was great and nothing's worse than when someone um, doesn't like do what they are told and they need to be held accountable. Yes. It's, it's, it's not fun as a coach to be like, all right, you're going to have to sit for this game because of what happened. Um, but yeah. Um, so what was it like, you know, um, that transition um, to being a coach and then eventually, you know, ultimately accepting an offer um, to be a to be a coach um, at your college. What was that path kind of like, um, and, and what was that what was that transition like? The transition it wasn't as hard, just because I, like I said, my the coach talked to me and said, "Look, if you wanna if you wanna do these things, you know, there's." you need a one thing he did tell me is you need to learn how to separate yourself from where you're at now to where you want to be. So learning that I was still college, I was still a college student. I was, I was here. I, I you know, I mean, my friends were my teammates, so they were still going to be here. And 
I needed to learn how to start to separate myself, not because I don't, you know, it's not that I didn't want friends, but I learned and understood that. Does that mean I don't get to go out with them sometimes? Yeah, that's what that means because I want to be respected and seen in a different light, which is going to be the coaching. So the transition into being a staff member was, honestly, it was a little hard too when it came down to, you know, I just was in my professor's class and now I'm right next to them. So I know it was, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've never had a long conversation with any of my professors about that, but I know sometimes it might've been like, they were just my student and now I'm a staff member. So in my eyes, it's, we're equal. <laughs> so it's, it, it was different at first, especially only being 22, 23 years old. It was, it was different. And it took a little bit of me just, okay, having a lot of patience and patience, patience, patience of understanding this is, this is how everyone starts out. This is what, you know, these are the tough conversations to have. This is what this looks like. So it wasn't bad, but there was just, just a little bit of a learning curve at times, not wanting to always, you know, just learning how to, how I need to communicate certain things with certain people. How, do, what does that look like? How do I approach situations? I can't just say what I want sometimes, but I'm going to, but you know, just learning that process. <laughs> so right. it, it was good. It was a good transition. Not as hard because I wanted it. If it, if I wasn't very passionate about it, I think it would be harder, but I was really dedicated to what I wanted to do. So it made the transition much easier. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so you, you mentioned it, you were 22, 23, 24 coaching, um, these, these collegiate athletes. Um, what was that like coaching someone that was, you were just literally in their position and what was it like trying to set, you know, trying to separate yourself, but still, you know, still being very much relatable yeah, uh, yeah. to everything. You know, you probably listened to the same music. You probably enjoyed the same kind of things like that. Um, what was it like, you know, in those first couple years? I mean, you're still, you're just in your third year. So, I mean, what was it like um, that first year and what are you still learning? Um, well, in, in those, is in those assistant years, it was very different. It was very like, I just played with you and now I'm telling you to get on the baseline. But I was also a team captain. I was also somebody that was respected on my team. And so that, that part wasn't as hard, but it was once we started getting those new players where it's like, okay, like, I know you look at me and I'm, you know, I look like I could be a freshman sometimes, but no, that's not the case. So, um, but I, I wouldn't want to change it any, I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way, especially once I, you know, once I took over the program, I was there, I had a player, she was 24 and I was 25 or she was 23 and I was 25 around there. Same thing. One year, two years, it's all the same. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember that it's, I can, but I can relate to them. I could, I can have those conversations of, look, I was just in your shoes. I understand, like, come talk to me. I, I get it. I can help you. And I think they really responded well to somebody who was, you know, who, who understood them or who can understand them because I did go to the same school they went to. I did have the same professors that they had. I wore the same Jersey they wore. So I get it. I've, I've been there and I, I like to be as relatable as possible and relationships are very big to me. 
So the first year, you know, it was, it was, it was good. It was fun. The second year is when I kind of, I think kind of took a step back from things. I had to learn even more. I thought I had it my first year and the second year was kind of all over the place, but this coming into this third year, um, I, since I took the time to try to invest in people and those relationships and really try to foster them and let them grow and see them grow, um, it's becoming more and easier as it, as it goes. And they're still close in age with me. But I, again, I can relate to them. I can understand them. I can hear them. I don't, you know, they, they know that I'm a coach that's going to help them out and I'm going to hear them out and I'm not going to sit here and judge them. I'm not going to be somebody who tells them I told you so, even if that's what they need to hear. Or if I feel like that's what they need to hear, it, you know, doesn't matter what I think sometimes. It's just being an ear that they can um, listen, that being someone that they can vent to, being someone that they can, you know, just go to for things. It's really helped because of that age it's really helped them see that, you know, I, if they do have aspirations to be something more, you know, I'm, I'm someone that it's, it, I'm living proof of it. I'm, I see you, they see me every day. I'm 25 when I started as a head coach. So, you know, why not then? Why can't they do something big with their self? So getting to those, the, having those good relationships is why I, think those five those five six seven years younger that some of them are for me I think it's I think it's good I also do see a negative sometimes where I have younger players come in and they're used to a 40 year old 50 year old or even an older person telling them how it is sometimes also sometimes it's a male telling them and I remember having a I was some players first female coach that they've had and the fact that I'm young it's it's a totally different world for them. So having, again, having that ability to be like, look, you know, don't look at me. And I, I sometimes I really don't like some people who they look at me for my age because it doesn't matter how old I am. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it matters what I say. It matters what I do. It matters how I treat you more importantly. So yeah, it's, I, I, I love being, you know, close in age with these girls. And, you know, as the older I get, I'm not going to be as close, but this time that I'm, I'm learning and I'm in the trenches with them about how, you know, they're going through life, life things. And I can sit back and be like, I, I get it. I was right there. I understand whether it's relationship problems, family problems. Uh, like I said, I had the same professors, so I get it. Do you think um, your transition that you had where you were um, sight unseen coming to your college um, helps you a little bit more in the recruiting aspect um, because you can uh, bring that to the table and let them know um, or, or how does that kind of plot, work into your recruiting? That actually it does help me because I'm from Texas. Um, my assistants are from California and we do get some California, Texas kids. Um, and I, I, you know, I have a player from Spain and having those conversations of, look, I understand, I get it, you know, sight unseen, he might not be able to come out here for a visit. I understand, like I'm, I do my best to be my very authentic and very 
transparent with them so that they can know that, you know, I'm not just going to tell you, I, I don't tell my recruits what they want to hear. I, I tell them the truth because mm-hmm. I tell, and I tell parents as well. I don't, I would not want your daughter to come here if, you know, they, they don't like it. If it's not a good fit, if they don't feel like they can grow here to be a better person, that's okay. But I'm going to give them the truth so that they know what they're getting into. So they know, you know, they know me, they know what it's like, they know what I'm about. So again, we're a a student maybe coming from not Nebraska and they're not used to this. They're not used to the climate. They're not used to how friendly people are sometimes. Um, I can relate to them and be like, look, I understand you can do it. This is, you know, it's a good thing, learning something new. Um, so yeah, I, use, I, I definitely use it to my advantage for recruiting because I get it. I've been there and, you know, especially now with technology, it's, it's nice. Now they have virtual tours and things. So <laughs> now you get to see it. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. There's no uh, excuse. now. Watch a game online. You can, you, you know, you can see what the fans are like. You can see what the stands are like and it helps with recruiting. For sure. So Brings us, recruiting brings me a little bit to um, our next point here. Um, so how do you describe York when you are out recruiting um, to people? What, what, how do you, I guess it, sometimes it can be a tough sell uh, to you, some people. I'll give you my recruiting work? spiel just in case, you know, there's a player out there listening <laughs> and exactly. they're like, you know what? I want to come now, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I tell them, you know, we're, we're a small community. We're a small town um, population right around nine eight, nine, 10,000-ish. Yeah, eight. There you go, 8,000. But I do say we have a Walmart, so I know places a lot smaller. So I don't think it's that small if we have a Walmart, but, you know, that's that's what it is. Um, You know, we're a small community. We, the biggest thing you'll hear me say multiple times is community because that's what we're about here. We, We are very... I'm very honest. I'm very, I'm going to give you, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be here for you. And most importantly, you're going to find people besides me that are going to help you too. There's people in this town that I met that, you know, they come to our game. I, I know people in town that used to come to our game and, you know, they have no relationship with any of these players, but the fact that they're in the stands, it shows that there are people who, do want to see you succeed, even if you don't know them. So I think York, well, I know York itself, the community, the town is very small, but it's that way by design. Um, even if we are growing, it's, we're still a close knit group of people. Um, again, the waving to each other, the knowing it's safe here in town. That's a huge, huge, huge thing, especially for parents, you know, in elsewhere communities, it's, safety is a big thing for them. And I can always tell them, look, you're going to be safe here. You're going to be taken care of. Um, Knowing, you know, I used to work at the coffee shop um, downtown and seeing those people, meeting those people, some of the police officers, just the people here in town, there's good people here. So you're going to be surrounded. Even if it's not just me as your coach, you're going to be surrounded by people who care. There's going to be people that support you. And here at the college, that's what you're going to find. You're not going to, you're not going to be someone who just goes under the radar. You're going to be, you're going to be appreciated. You're going to be checked on. You're going to be reached out to. Sometimes you might not want it, but 
know that people are going to love on you and you're going to be cared about. So whenever I think of York, that's what I think of um, a small knit community that really does thrive on caring about people, caring about others. Even if it's tough love, sometimes it's tough love, but we do, we genuinely care. If uh, any of my nieces and or any of my nieces or uh, friends' daughters end up playing basketball, I know where I'm going to end up. Be playing. Yes, please. Oh. I will take them. I will be here. I'll send you my business card, play them out to the games, all of it. Yes. I'm going to cut your whole pitch and I'm just going to send it to them. Yes, just send it. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So you talked about it a little bit. Um, so what do you kind of appreciate more, um, you know, as a you know, 27, 28 year old now in the community, um, you know, compared to when you first arrived here, what have you came to kind of maybe, maybe something that you, maybe you didn't like so much and you've now come to maybe appreciate um, because you've, you know, come to live here and came to kind of um, just kind of understand, you know, the good side of that. Yeah. I, I definitely would think it's the slower pace. Um, I'm, you know, I'm from a bigger city. Um, Huge. But I, yeah, I, but I, I do enjoy, and, I, and you really don't realize it until you go somewhere and not saying anything bad about anywhere else, but you don't realize how nice people are here until you go somewhere else and you have rude experiences and you're like, whoa, that would never happen <laughs> back home or back in York. Like that would never happen. And you know, I, I see the slower paced life as something that's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's good. I also, you know, I also love the green around here. Again, I'm from the desert. So I appreciate the beauty here, even though it's, you know, some people, you know, from say it's flatland or it's just farmland. So like I, I see the beauty in it. It's, it's nice. It's, it's refreshing. It's, it's calm. It's chill. It's, it's just a nice different pace of life and where I'm at right now in my life, it's, it's good for me. So it's helping me grow. It's helping me be better. No, that's, I mean, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know at the very beginning you, you talked about how you're, you're proud of El Paso and, and where you came from there and, and that's home, but you just slipped up a little bit there and you called York home. I so, know, I did. Right? But so it, we're, we're, we're working on you. We're going to get you to actually call York home, but you take all the time you need before you call York home, but we'll, we'll get you there. So, um, but so what are some, maybe some other things about York that have caused you to maybe want to stay here? I definitely will say the people and it's the relationships I've made, the connections I've made um, has really helped me grow. I, you know, like, you know, like I was talking in the beginning about, you know, it was my plan. It was my plan. This is what I had planned out. This is my 10 year. This is my five year plan that I had. And I, I know if I wouldn't have came to York, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have became a Christian. I wouldn't have known what it means you know, to be a follower of Christ, I, I wouldn't have because I was surrounded by people who, you know, shed love or showed love. They shed the light on me. They showed me this thing. So, you know, I'm, yeah, I can't, I can't look at that as, you know, I can't look at anything else in my life and be like, okay, well, I wish, you know, I should go back and redo this or, you know, this, this I, I know this happened, this path I'm on, it happened and there's a purpose behind it. And I know a big part of that was, you know, me finding Christ here and, you know, 
it didn't happen right away. It didn't happen the first week or the second week. It didn't happen the first year or the second year. It, it came over time of just, you know, being surrounded by good people. And, and, you know, York here is my family. They are, they're, they're close. I, I, I've met a lot of great people here. I've, even if they weren't from here, you know, people coming in here, I, I, I've met them and I really had good relationships with a lot of people and, and I love it. It's, you know, it, it's really good. And that's awesome. You know, I, I grew up here. Um, I've obviously always loved this place. Um, I came back after I graduated. I spent some time away in Indianapolis. You know, I didn't find a community there. It was tough. It was too big a community, kind of same thing. Um, came back here because I just kind of, you don't really appreciate until you're gone. One of those types of things. So um, certainly came back in. And so it's awesome. I love to hear people um, tell me they've fallen in love with my community. So that's, that's awesome to hear. So I'm excited for that. Um, and, you know, I, I hope for many more years uh, of basketball, I need to get up there when, when we're allowed to have uh, people are people on at games and things like We'd that. We'd love to have you. The more, the more fans, the better. We got to get up there. And so awesome. Uh, so we'll move kind of into our rapid fire questions here. Um, these are just some kind of fun questions to kind of, um, round out the interview here. Um, what's a favorite restaurant um, you have here in York or York County? Um, something that you always want to go to or if family were to come visit or a friend were to come visit that you would got to take them? Uh, La Casina. I, oh. I, like, I like, I love Mexican food. I, I like it. Um, you know, I miss a lot of it back home, just being right next to the border. I, I love, I love it. Um, but La Casina, I like it. I also like Chances Are Salad Bar. I go there a lot. I would, you know, I'd go there a lot. So um, definitely La Casina. I tell recruits all the time when they come, hey, either La Casina or if you want, you can go down the Chances Are. That's awesome. Esports is becoming a thing all over, um, kind of taking the world by storm, especially probably more so with everything going on and the lockdown and everything like that. Um, York College is set to get esports in the coming future. What do you what do you think about that? You know, and, and everything. Hey, hey I'm ex- I'm excited for it. I I'm I used to play video games um, before, so I think that'll be fun, and that'll be any way you know any way that we can grow. Then I I'm all for it. any way that we can bring more students here. Totally all for it. I don't know what that means. Can I go? Can I go watch an event? I don't know. Like, that'll be that'll be fun. Like, you know, what kind of games will there be? Will there be games that I can play? Do I have eligibility? I don't know. So, right. <laughs> so as, you know, anything we can do to grow, I'm I'm all for it. Don't know what it's going to look like, but that's okay. Can we have two sport athletes, eSports I, and W? I mean. Yeah, we can, actually. We we can do multi-sport athletes. So, I mean. There we yeah, go. Why not? Let's, why let's not? get some more multi. Play video games. There we go. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it's it's great to have um, the college kind of on something uh, in the future and everything like that. And so that, that's exciting. Um, what's a favorite meal of yours? Something that maybe you um, you like to cook or, you know, you like to go out and have or maybe it's a home cooked meal someone else made for you. What's kind of a favorite meal of yours? Jeez, I just I, I really do love food. So um, I and I do. Uh, we have that subscription for HelloFresh. So oh. I actually do a lot of my meals with HelloFresh right now. But so there's been some interesting things in there. And yeah, um, I don't know. I, 
I just like anything. Pizzas. I love pizza. I love, I don't know, anything. Nice. I'm not one of those people that have a trouble saying, what do I want to eat? Because I'm like, I don't know, just food. (laughs) Food sounds good. (laughs) Literally pick a place I would eat. (laughs) Exactly. Um, What's a favorite memory you have here in York or York County? Um, Something that you um, kind of look back on and is a good time. Oh my goodness. There's, there's, there's a lot. There's meeting, meeting, meeting the people that I've met. I mean, I can't just pinpoint one. There's so many, I mean, I could talk about games too. Like there's so many memories where, you know, we won in double overtime or there was a clutch shot we made or things like that. Memories in the Freeman center we had that, you know, so, so much time that I've spent here that there's a lot, but it's definitely going to boil down to the people I've met. I'm looking forward to the more that you get to make and everything like that. So that, that's exciting. Um, if you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? This is kind of another little fun trick question. I have. You know, I asked my, one of my friends and they said, well, you love pizza. So I guess pizza. <laughs> so pizza is what, it, what it's going to be or chili reños. So it's, it's one of those. <laughs> but we're going to go with pizza. Pizza. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, do you have a favorite type of pizza? Like you, are you a uh, pepperoni or you need like Supreme? I, I love Supreme again, anything, but I love pepperoni and mushrooms are my go-to. Pepperoni mushroom is your yep. unique, unique combination. Uh, favorite, uh, favorite County or local event. Is there something that you look forward to every year? And you've been here for about seven years. There's gotta be something every year that you look forward to. I, I honestly, I, I like the County fair. I like that. There's always York Fest, Song Fest. Yeah, things. see, that's what I'm saying. COVID, I totally forgot about big groups of people. <laughs> yeah. What's it like together? Yeah, what is that? It seems so long ago. <laughs> right, right. All right, so with all this COVID talk, that moves me into my next section, what makes us happy? So I, I want to quit talking about all the, the bad and all that kind of stuff, and we can talk about things going on in our lives. Um, the first thing I kind of want to talk about, and I'll let you kind of take it, um, uh, I want to talk about is 17 County Leadership. Um, this is a program that YCDC, York County Development Corporation, has helped develop. It's a program um, for developing young leaders in the community. Um, so we're looking to take people that are maybe young managers or managers that maybe need a refresher course um, on uh, maybe some leadership topics and things like that, because we're always supposed to be growing and everything like that. Uh, and, in every step of our life. And so the 17 County Leadership and Andy Long with Cultivate Rural Leaders is going to be a good program um, that we have in our community. And I'm excited to have it along with Leadership York. Um, so now we have two very great programs in the community for you know all of our community members to access. So I'm very excited um, for uh, 17 County Leadership to join um, Leadership York as a, a second program here. Um, so I'm looking to build on what Leadership York has kind of done. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So that's what is making me happy right now. That's good. We'll have to get you in next year's class. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Anything, like I said, always up for anything. There we go. W- what's making you happy then? Um, honestly, seeing my see, seeing my girls, my late, sorry, no girls, seeing my ladies grow. Um, I just lost I didn't lose, but my senior class this past year, um, you know, I had them since they were freshmen. They were my first, they were my first team that I had when I was, I first started out and 
seeing the type of women that they become into. And then now, you know, just getting that relationship with my team and, you know, not just on my end, on their, on their end also like hearing their, like, you know, a coach, thank you. Like, you know, I had a conversation the other day with one of my players and she was like, no, this is where I was meant to be. And she's a good player. Like she could have went somewhere bigger. Definitely. But just having her say like, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like it's, it's making me happy. It makes me know that, you know, not even records, not always going to reflect what I'm doing here, but I am making a difference. And that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm here for. That's, that's my purpose. It's, you know, as much as my memory is really good with wins and losses, and I can remember everything about the game sometime, but I, you know, I, it, it makes me happy knowing that these girls, they love each other on my team. My culture is growing here in this program. And, and it's just, it's exciting to know what the years to come because of this foundation that we've started. And my team's a huge part of that. So my team is definitely making, you know, me happy and my assistants as well, just coming together and, you know, two other women that are young as well and we're we're doing it it's it's great that's what i love about sports is no matter whether you're winning every game or you're losing every game there's a lesson to be learned about life and, and everything about that and so um that's what yes makes sports so great it, it, it's all the lessons to be learned um so thank you for your time um, um so i just want to leave you with the the final words you get to say whatever you want the final words a, a quote some words of wisdom um, whatever you want to say the floor is yours to to close out the show oh man how do i wrap up all of this so i mean overall just a big a big person of who i am is i'm, I'm a big believer i'm a big dreamer i'm a big person on if somebody says you can't do it, well, they're, you know, well, well, why not? Why not you? Why can't you? Why, you know, who said, who says you can't? Is it society? Is it your own thoughts? Is it your own, you know, what is it? So just, I, and I tell this to my girls all the time to make sure that you always believe in yourself. It has to start with you. You have to believe. And if you don't know how to do that, then reach out to people around you. We're in a great community. So there's always like seek out that mentorship that somebody can help you achieve those things that you might not know how to achieve for yourself. And that's, that's totally okay. And make sure you always know that you're not going to have good days and that's okay, but you got to take all the good with all the bad as well. And, and just grow from that, learn from that and always try your best. Everybody's always asking for just be the best version of yourself, even if that means some days you have hard days, even if that means sometimes it's going to be hard for you to get out of bed, life is going to happen to you. And, you know, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not always what happens to you. It's, it's how you respond. So just make sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people, make sure that you do have a good sense of believing in yourself and when you don't make sure you turn to those people that you can because it's okay to not always be okay but you know how can how can people around you help how can you help yourself what does that look like and you know I'm really thankful for York College and you know they support me and 
know, even though sometimes it looks different in my eyes with different people or different outcomes of my team, my game, my wins, like I, I know that, again, wherever my feet are is where I'm supposed to be. So I'm going to dive into that moment. So I just, again, extending that to whoever's listening, just, just keep believing, keep, keep going, keep doing what you can. Um, Hopefully some of the things that I said about taking a risk or um, maybe not, you know, having some sort of plan, thinking about it, or maybe something I said, like, I'm always somebody that even if you don't know me, um, you reach out to me because I would love, I would love, love, love to help. And I, I want to help. And I, sometimes I don't know how to, or how to be more involved in, in your community. So maybe this is one way, you know, reach out. Also, if you're a player, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Gotta throw that in there. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that's all. I I, I appreciate you taking um, time out of day, like I said, and I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is really fun. Thank you. This is 17 County a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.